Hello, and welcome back to the Wishing You All podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Amy Albero, founder of Revive Center for Wellness. And I'm Catherine Van Eyck. We're both licensed therapists and wellness enthusiasts. We know how overwhelming it can be to figure out how to navigate your wellness journey. So each episode, we hope to bring all of the pieces together to help you figure out what fits best for you. This week on Wishing You Well, Amy and I are going to be talking about people-pleasing. What is it? Why do we do it? Why is it so hard to stop? What are some signs of it? And can we even put an end to this thing? I'm, Hopefully. I'm personally invested in finding out the answers to these questions. So <laughs> yes, yeah. to get into this. But before we do, we do have some announcements. First, we have a YouTube channel and on our YouTube, we have Reactivity TV. I hope you've been watching because odds are whatever show is out that you are watching, we are all over it and we are giving our therapist take. Every week, Catherine and I commentate on shows like Succession, You, The Bachelor, Love is Blind, and more. So definitely go check that out and info for our channel will be in the show notes. Yeah, there's a lot of TV shows out there. I mean, I just started watching Shrinking. Mm. I think we should probably do something on that just because of the therapist in that. But there's so much TV out there, so much to comment on, so many things to give our therapist perspective on. So we will we will continue to do that. So definitely go watch. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, for rating, following, reviewing, subscribing, sharing our episodes with a friend. But if, if I'm saying this and you've done none of those things, please go ahead and do that. Please give us a, a rating and a written review. Not only do we appreciate it, it really helps us to know what to discuss here on Wishing You Well. And it also helps get the word out to broaden our audience. So do it. Okay, let's get into our episode, this big topic of people-pleasing. Living, living, we feel it. Take care, Take care of, of ourselves. I mean, this is a hot topic always because so many people are people pleasers or so many people have people pleasing moments, you and I included. So, <laughs> so many moments. <laughs> and, and, like we're going to talk about, it is a really difficult thing to stop or to realize that it's to be posing a problem. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. So I'm excited to talk about this talk this topic. Mm-hmm. So would you identify as a people pleaser? Honestly, no. Mm. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> it's freeing. <laughs> But but like I said, I have I have people pleasing moments, so it's not like I'm I, I'm free of it all the time. I'd uh-huh. say like I don't I wouldn't label myself as it, but mm-hmm. I I certainly engage in people pleasing behaviors. Okay, okay. So you have maybe a, a healthier relationship with people pleasing than like let's say me, <laughs> <laughs> who who really I mean I'm really working on on not like identifying as a people pleaser, like not having that as like a way I describe myself. Mm-hmm. I've been like in people pleasing recovery. So I'm really, really 
I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from you today, Catherine, as always. But yeah, I, I'd love to get a little bit closer to people pleasing moments than people pleaser. <laughs> and I'd like to just get rid of it altogether. All right, let's see what we can do here today. We've got we've got some goals. <laughs> All right, well, let's start out with how we kind of always start out these things. Mm-hmm. What what is it? Mm-hmm. How would you how would you describe people pleasing? Well, people pleasing is it really relates to maybe like a personality (laughs) type or maybe some personality traits where someone really has a strong urge to please others, basically exactly what it sounds like. But the important thing about people pleasing is that it often comes at the person's expense. And that's where it can get really problematic. And oftentimes, like with people pleasing, the people pleaser may feel like their wants and needs don't matter as much, or they might even kind of like chameleon themselves or alter their personalities around others, that those things are really kind of common in in people pleasing. Ooh, the chameleon thing. I love that way of describing it. That's such a, that's such a nice visual because people that please other people or like, like have a tendency to please people, but also like take away what anything that they represent themselves, Mm. that's people pleasing. And like, that's totally a chameleon. You're just, you're just, changing yourself for other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it can be really problematic because, and we're going to talk about a lot of why we do it, but what what makes it problematic is it has a lot of consequences that come at the cost of the people pleaser. And a lot of them really relate to a loss of identity. Like I was saying a few minutes ago, like, yeah, I feel like I have this strong identity of a people pleaser. And as a result of that, it's sometimes hard for people who engage in a lot of people pleasing to even know what they want or what they need or what they're comfortable with or feel okay to set boundaries. Like all of that stuff kind of comes at a cost of people pleasing. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You're just trying to make other people comfortable, other people feel good. Mm -hmm. And you're you be out of this fear of not being liked and mm-hmm. not or being too too much or too difficult right right in a, in a lot of ways like you're saying like what people pleasing really is another word for is avoidance right like maybe it's avoidance of maybe someone being disappointed in us or avoidance of a discomfort that we might feel around setting a boundary. It's like having temporary relief from like a potential uncomfortable situation that again has this like outcome, this consequence on us in the end anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. That's interesting to call it avoidant. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be difficult to hear this if somebody listening to this defines themselves as a people pleaser or has people pleasing moments that like, you might be thinking, well, no, I, I'm just thoughtful or like, I'm just sympathetic. I'm just, I'm just really invested in, in the people in my life. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and so I want to make the distinction between 
doing nice things for people and and being thoughtful and what we're talking about. Because Mm. of course, of course, being good to people is great. And I actually was reading this, this great article before this about how when you're people pleasing, you're not actually being empathetic because when you're empathetic, it's about connecting to the other person and it's about it's about the other person. Whereas when you're people pleasing, it's really about you. Yeah. It's and it's about me. Yeah. It's about making you feel more comfortable. You're trying to get this validation. Rather, and so the motive is totally different. So that's, that's important to think about as, as somebody who, who has these tendencies that you could actually be not like you, you could actually be doing something that's, not actually good for the relationship. Oh, for sure. I'm so glad that you brought up that point around the motivation and and like em- the role of empathy because I feel like whenever I talk with others about people pleasing or or for myself when I'm noticing people pleasing in me, like I like the the immediate maybe a response is I don't want to be mean though. Or I'm like, this is, I'm just being a nice person. I'm being a good person. And there's a way to be a good person and still not engage in people pleasing behaviors. And and I think like that motivation piece is, is like so spot on. I love that insight. And it's even like, I, as I've said, like, this is a huge thing I'm working on. It's something that comes up in my own therapy, my own work. And one of the most impactful things my therapist has said to me about it is like when I might talk about like engaging in some people pleasing and my motivations, why she will say things like, you're making it all about you. Like, or a lot of this decision is like really ego driven. Like, why do you need to be the one to solve this person's problem? Like, like, you know, why does it have to be you? Like, that's, that's all about you. And like, that was such a, like, pivotal insight for me to realize like, oh my gosh, that is correct. Like, this isn't really about me being altruistic here. This is about me feeling like I'm a good person or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm helpful. I'm useful. I'm good. All of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think like as therapists, we encounter this. I know I have where if you just start working with a client and let's say there's somebody that's been to therapy a lot and Mm -hmm. they're, they're still struggling and they've now come to you and you're, you get that feeling like, Oh my gosh, I want to be the one that really helps them. Like I Mm -hmm. I really want to be the one that does this. Mm -hmm. And, and if that's the case, if that's the motivation, it's more, it's more about you. And Mm -hmm. like, and I've totally thought that before and had to check myself on it, but it's less about the help and the actual work than it is about like, well, I want to, I want to wear this medal of honor here Mm -hmm. that says like, I I was the one. Yes, I know. Yeah. There's some, I love that visual too, of like the, the idea, like that there are these medals, like where, where did we get this idea that they're like, we're going to be rewarded for like what most times that we said yes to someone or like most times that we've like sacrificed our time and energy for someone else? Like no one is tracking that. <laughs> and, and yet like there's still this like pull to, to do it. Should we maybe talk a little bit about what 
people pleasing can look like? Yeah. Yeah. Like some signs. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Yeah. In case you, in case you don't know. Yeah. If you're a people pleaser or not, <laughs> this may help. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you just said one, like mm-hmm. you have a really difficult time saying no, or you're saying yes a lot or all the time. That's a big one huge yeah well there's you know this uh, like misconception that no is like a bad word or even along with no yeah it's mean or that like i I sometimes find even i'm thinking about someone in my personal life that like she feels like she can't say no but what she'll do instead is like make up a fake story about like why she can't go or why she can't do something because saying no feels so uncomfortable and like so quote unquote wrong. So yeah, saying no for sure. Along with that, like maybe another motivation or another reason why saying no might be wrong, might be hard is because um, typically people who engage in people pleasing are really worried about what other people might think, think about them, think about, you know, what it might be like if that person said no. So like, like all of that worry and preoccupation can really drive people pleasing behaviors. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally maybe do say no, you feel really guilty. Mm-hmm. So if that if that does happen, then you're left feeling really terrible. So yeah, why would you why would you say no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, and maybe also like what feeds that guilt is that there's some fear there that if you say no or turn people down, that other people might think that you're mean or selfish. This is, you know, kind of what we've been talking about here. This like, this um, idea of a perception, this imagine or, or projection of how we think other people will perceive us is really so heavily weighing our decision making here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of that fear to turn people down, you're probably saying yes to things that you don't actually want to do. <laughs> so all of these things you're saying yes to aren't easy yeses. They're they're easier yeses because it's more comfortable to say yes than no, but it's still something that you don't actually want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one likes to help somebody move. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Another like sign or indicator of people pleasing or something that is often really consistent with or parallel with people pleasing is experiencing low self-esteem. So not really feeling great about yourself, maybe feeling insecure, lacking confidence, really seeking a lot of external validation and affirmation that that if if you in your life might kind of navigate relationships and navigate the world in that way, that that typically that goes hand in hand with some people pleasing too. kind of thinking that doing these things for other people might lead to them liking you and then you feeling better about yourself, but it, it doesn't actually work that way. It's kind of the other way around. Right. Right. And like it leading to something, sometimes it leading to something would be their approval and then that their approval might boost our confidence. Mm. Yeah. Oh, 
Now it sounds like I really hit you. <laughs> you're, I feel like you're re- reading me right now. Well, speaking of resonating strongly with things that like kind of all over apologizing or like being really quick to tell people you're sorry or like no worries and all of that stuff is really common and is like an indicator of people pleasing for sure. This is something I personally work on a lot is like not including sorry. If I don't even know, sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying sorry for, but it feels like the right thing to do. But it's such a huge, a huge one that I see not only in myself, but in others as well. I think it's also on the other end of it, like being overly forgiving or like Mm -hmm. quick to forgive, not because you're actually at a point of forgiveness, but because you just want to smooth things over. You just want to make things okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. Again, like that avoidance, easing that discomfort in, in a temporary sense for sure. And and as we've said, like saying saying no is hard, like it's setting boundaries is is tough. And so that could also lead to you like constantly doing things for other people or maybe doing things that you don't really want to do. And as a result, you don't really have free time for yourself. You're feeling burnt out. And this is super common as well for for people pleasers. Yeah. And then you also might take the blame for something when it isn't your fault. So you might end up, I mean, it kind of goes along with the telling people you're sorry that it could not make any sense for you to give an apology or make any sense Mm -hmm. for you to take accountability for something. And yet you're doing that just in case, just in case they think that they could possibly there's a slim chance that they could possibly think that you played a part in it, that you want to just cover your tracks. Yeah. Right. Right. Like this, again, avoidance maybe of conflict is strong. And so that could also lead to like maybe being agreeable to things or with people, um, even though you might not like, and, and so a lot of what we're really describing is essentially like a silencing of your own voice and of your own needs and wants. Like, you know, as as we talked about at the beginning, like where this gets really problematic is that, again, we we rattled off a number of things that all like my the visual in my mind is like with each one, it kind of like squashes your identity, like down to a little nub that there's it's really hard to kind of live authentically into who you are if you are so thinking so so mindful of like the external. And that's the only nourishment for feeling good or filling up. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these describe that and lead to that. So none of this feels good, right? Like even in, even as a people, even having people pleasing qualities or like people pleasing moments as you described. And for me being a a people pleaser, like it doesn't feel good. I I often feel burnt out. I sometimes feel resentful. Like, again, we talked about like no time for yourself sometimes, like if you people please your way into a situation. So like, why the heck are we doing this to ourselves? (laughs) I mean, I think on one, in, in one regard, Sometimes it's a symptom of anxiety. Mm-hmm. We're doing it because we worry that if we don't do it, then we won't be liked. We won't be accepted. We won't get that approval. 
it is it is acting in a very anxious state of mind to to go above and beyond and worry about other people worry about their feelings about you Mm -hmm. um and avoid like you're saying avoid actually what you're what you're really feeling about something or what you really want to do about something Mm -hmm. yeah yeah anxiety i think is a huge one and maybe along with that is also like perfectionism that again, the, these are things that that tend to go hand in hand. And I've, I've said on this podcast too, like recovering perfectionist here. And I think, you know, having per- perfectionistic qualities and like wanting to be good and do things right and, and get like the thumbs up and like all of that stuff is what can motivate people pleasing behaviors. And so like chances are, if you engage in a lot of perfectionism, you're probably engaging in people pleasing too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you're also wanting to avoid that guilt that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're having, if a sign that you're a people pleaser is that you feel guilty when you say no, that you're, you can continue to perpetuate this cycle of people pleasing because you don't want to get that feeling. You don't want to you don't want to experience that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I think what, what also makes people pleasing or maybe letting, letting go of people pleasing so hard is that in a lot, in, in some circumstances, it might have been like survival. And I'm using that like in a, in a hyperbolic way, like it might've been a way that you like as a as a kid like got you know your parents attention or like it might have felt really good to like feel useful like all of that stuff and i think the reality is that like people pleasing is actually really rewarded and reinforced and that people pleasers like on the outside like often are are described as or present as like really helpful and really motivated and so polite and attentive and understanding and so loyal like these are all qualities that that we want right and and these are things that maybe your boss like might really love about you that you might like be a people pleaser at work and that is getting rewarded with like praise and recognition or maybe your friends who you always drop everything for like maybe they they that's what they love about you and so i think it's hard because it 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 is in a lot of ways something that can garner the affection and attention that we might be craving yeah and we're craving that from all of these external sources because we're we have such a hard time garnering that up ourselves Mm -hmm. that that low self-esteem that we talked about it's really difficult to to or like a, a reason that we do this is that we're not valuing our own needs and desires Mm -hmm. we're not thinking about ourselves we're not thinking that thinking about ourselves is important enough. Mm-hmm. So our self-worth, and our, our, our self-esteem are just so low that doing things for other people and getting that external validation mm-hmm. and being described as attentive and motive, motivated and helpful is 
something that we crave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we're talking about this, I'm I'm like trying to, I'm thinking about a situation that, that I was in today that I told you a little bit about before we recorded where I engaged yes, in, <laughs> I engaged in people pleasing. And I'm, I, as, as we're going through these, I'm really trying to think about why and, and maybe I, I think I just kind of in reflecting on it, I, we might've already said it, but I am currently in Miami. And so I was on a flight on a plane this morning. I'm getting down here and I was in a row where I was sitting in the aisle and there was another woman um, in my row who was sitting in the window. So we had an empty seat between us, which is awesome. Great. But um, the woman sitting in the aisle looked at me and said, I'm really tired. Do you mind if I lay down here? And so I was like, oh my God, what? What am I supposed to say? And my this was my internal monologue. Like, wait, that's weird, right? Wait, can I can I actually say no? I feel like I can't say no. What am I going to do? And so, like, and this was going in like 0.2 seconds. My brain was like firing this way, and I was like, um, sure. And she's like, really? Are you sure? And she so she gave me another chance to think about it because probably she knew it was like kind of a strange request. And so I said, yeah, it's fine. And so she ended up laying down. <laughs> laying down and her head ended up in my lap by the middle of the flight because she kept adjusting like and adjusting and adjusting and it was so uncomfortable in so many ways and I regretted my not for her <laughs> not for her she was quite comfy but I I was like Amy why did you do this to yourself you are the one that is uncomfortable here, like not her. Like, why did you do this? And so I I think a part of it was like, I didn't want to sit with the discomfort of saying no, or like, do I have a good enough reason to say no? That was it. Like, how do I, I, I feel like I need to explain why it's not okay. Like no one's in the seat technically. So like, do I have a good enough reason to say no? And, um, and I didn't want to like cause a cause an issue. And that's what gets me in these situations time and time again is like, I don't want to, I want to keep the peace. Um, And that's a role I've played in my life, right? Like, it's like, again, past experiences dictate present behavior where like, that is my job. I keep the peace. I make sure every, everybody's comfortable and everyone's running smoothly or everything's running smoothly. And here I did it on this flight and was mad at myself. So if I could turn back the clock, what would, what should I have done? Help me. Just people-pleasing well, moment person. <laughs> okay. I have a confession. But I, I also want to comment on something here. But this is a very, uh, like, objective view since I, you know, I'm just hearing this. So, like, and I wasn't there. But one, my confession is I think I'm so much more of a people-pleaser to strangers mm. than I am to than I am to people that I actually care about and that are in my life consistently. Ooh, I want to, I want to come back to that. Cause yeah, I think that, I think there's, you're onto something there. Okay. So let's, let's bookmark that. And and the other thing, yeah. And the other thing that I want to point out that, that what you could have done was like, sure. Even if after you said yes and said yes twice, you had every right to go back on that later on 
And especially when this lady got in your lap, I mean, talk about boundaries passing, like, whoa, lady. So you had every right to say, you know what? I'm actually not comfortable with this. Can you please sit up? Eek. And yeah, and that's a total eek too. And at the same time, it it's a, it's a good reminder for, for us to also know that especially as people that, and we'll, and we'll get to a whole list of like how to stop, but like, especially for people that really have a hard time with setting those boundaries with people and saying no, that if you do end up saying yes, as it so easily comes to you, that you have every right to, to go back on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, talking about this with a client this morning that just because you agreed to something before doesn't mean that you have to stick to that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's harder. Sometimes it seems even more like I'm going to let them down because especially because I got, now I got their hopes up because I said yes. And at the same time, especially if you're working on this, your effort to come back on it and come back to what's important to you and what you need is what's important here. Mm -hmm. It's that important a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It must be important. It's important. It's all important. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Like I didn't even consider that I could change my mind and I just felt like, Oh, I'm locked in to this. Yes. For like the duration of the flight. And, and like the, uh, the other thing I kept thinking about was like, again, in retrospect, when she's already like, it started when her hair kind of like moved on my seat and I was like, no. oh my God, I don't like this. Um, and then I was thinking, okay, Amy, like if you had said no, like just trying to play it out. Okay. So if you had said no, or like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that or whatever, she might've been upset or she might've been annoyed and she might've like given me dirty looks as she was doing with some other um, passengers that might've been uncomfortable for me. And she might not have liked me, which is also very hard for me, but whatever. But I'm never going to see this again. Yeah. The flight is two and a half hours. That's it. I can tolerate two and a half hours of discomfort. It's okay. I had my headphones in. I was watching the season finale of The Bachelor. Like I had distractions and I know how to soothe myself. And like, I wish that I had had this perspective in the moment, but because my instinct is yes, even though I don't want to, I have to like retrain my brain, but yes, like, and, 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 you know, as you said, we have a whole list of how to stop, which I'm clearly still working on, but it's so hard for me to like, let go of the instant gratification of saying yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got it. I got it. So tell me about people pleasing with strangers versus people you know. Well, so I didn't realize it until you started telling your story. (laughs) And I realized it because I also probably would have said, I I probably would have said, yeah, sure. Go, go for it. Like knock yourself, knock yourself out literally. (laughs) But if it was a family member or a friend I mean, first of all, that probably wouldn't have made me uncomfortable because it's not a stranger. But like if it's a family member or friend that's asking something of me that I don't want to do, I am more comfortable saying no. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't, I, I would like to explore this. <laughs> I really don't know <laughs> what that could be. Cause you're right. You're never going to see this person again. And yet this, the peacekeeping, I think is something that, that really stuck out to me. I think it's that idea that, well, I don't know this person and I don't know what could happen if I, if I stand my ground here. So it's kind of like a fear thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to make things more uncomfortable than they could be. It's probably that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think you're, you're right with like, you don't know who you're dealing with really. So like with your family, like if you were to say no, you probably have a sense of how they might react. Like you're practiced in that and you, you know, you know what, you know what a no comes with for the most part. And, and yeah, with, with someone you don't know, you don't really know like what that could entail, which anytime something's unknown, like it's more anxiety provoking, but you've also had a lot of practice setting boundaries with friends and family, and you feel secure enough in your relationships with them probably to, to know that your relationship could weather disappointment. Like if they were disappointed in you. Right. Right. And that, and that didn't, that wasn't always the case. So like, I think I have, especially in certain, in certain moments, Mm -hmm. been more apt to people, please with family or friends, just depending on the circumstance, uh, depending on the ask, especially if it's something that's really, really important to them or really could be really helpful to them, then I would, I would struggle with that and still, and still do struggle with the no, because I know Mm -hmm. that it could put them out or I know that it could make things a little harder. And so, so yes, I've had practice in setting those boundaries, but it's still a practice in setting those boundaries. It's not something that I feel like oh my God, I'm so great because I'm not a people pleaser. Like, I don't feel like that. Like, I feel like it's still a battle depending on what the situation is. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things that you do, Catherine, I know I've said this to you before, is when we have revive nights out or in, (laughs) you are always the first one to leave and like, I'm out. All right, I gotta go. See ya. And like, (laughs) Catherine's spitting out her water and like not in a route, not in a route. It's never rude. It's always like, all right, cool. And every time you do it, I'm like, oh, I want to be her. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm just I, lame, Amy, and I just want to go to sleep <laughs> when I want to go to sleep. <laughs> well, you have good boundaries with sleep, maybe. But I think there is something to, I could tell that you have had practice in doing that because you do it so, I don't know how much you go back and forth in your mind of like, is it okay if I leave, leave now in the way that I might, <laughs> but, yeah. but well, um, okay, that's another thing that wasn't always there. And I think like, yes, I've gotten more comfortable with being like, this is what I need. And like, it's okay that I'm going, it's mm-hmm. not going to affect everybody here. It's not going to change anything. I have a good example of when I didn't do that when I, I studied abroad when I was in college, you know this, but I went out one night with one of my friends and we were in in a city where people stay out until the wee hours of the morning. And that is not me. Like, like clearly with this, this example of arrive night, like I'm going to bed. And so one of my best friends really wanted to stay out and like get the full experience. 
and everybody else had left all like the rest of the girls had gone home. I mean, they stayed out late, but like not as late as she and I did. And I did not want to be there in the slightest. It was awful. Like we were just dancing and I was like, (laughs) is it going to be at the end of this song? Is it going to be the end of this song? That she's the worst. Is it going to be this one? And I, I just felt like I needed to do it for her. There was no, <laughs> there was nothing that I was getting out of this other than if I leave, I'm going to be a shitty friend. Mm-hmm. And that was more important to me than right. getting disease that night. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, as you're talking about this and, and kind of a point that you made at the beginning, I think what, like what we also need to caution is like, we're not saying never say yes to whoever's asking you something. And I think that's where it gets really complicated that like people like rules. Right. And so it's like, like, I'm just, I'm just going to say yes. Like, I'm just going to make everybody's life easier, including mine in this moment. And just like, I'll say yes. And then there are people that might just like, want to just be like, no, it's me, me and what I want and what I feel like. And I'm going to just do what I want and screw everybody else. And, and we need to find an in-between because there, there are, are times and there are relationships where, yeah, we do need to put other people's needs in front of our own, most notably, like if you're a parent, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like there's probably a ton of shit that you don't really want to do that you have to, especially when you have an infant (laughs) or like a small (laughs) child that can't, is not independent. And so like, that's not people pleasing. So I wanted (laughs) sacrifices sometimes are different, (laughs) but we did, I think it was our adult friendship episode where we were kind of talking about like, sometimes in like a, a marker of an adult relationship is maybe doing shit you don't really feel like because you care about the other person. And so like, there is a dose of that, but I guess like all things, we want a healthy balance of making sure that you're still saying yes to yourself too. So it's not really all or nothing. So I want to make sure that we're (laughs) cautioning that. Yes. All very good points. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a really nice friend thing to do as you were talking. It was like, but yes, safety, like, I guess someone's got to take one for the team. <laughs> well, I know. I think if I had said, like, I want to go, she would have left okay, too okay. with me. But I just didn't want to let her down. I didn't want her. Like, I wanted her to get the experience that she was getting, that yeah. she went there for. Yeah. Well, can I ask, Can I, this might not be a people-pleasing example. Do you, in, in that in that relationship at that time, or I don't know, did it, does it, did it feel balanced? Like she would do that for you, or there might've been times that she might've like maybe done something she didn't feel like, or did it feel one-sided? Oh no, she's the best. It wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) She's still one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So no, she, she, she makes a lot of she does a lot for me too. So, yeah. But maybe at the time I, cause it was college and we weren't at the same college. We weren't studying mm. abroad together. Maybe if I really look into it here and really peel it back, it could have been still people pleasing <laughs> because mm-hmm. she was there with all of her college friends. I was there with a couple of mine and there could have still been this like, well, I just want to make sure that like, 
I'm still your best friend. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that, mm-hmm. that, that it's you and me still like, Oh, look, all your college friends left and I'm still here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wanting to like, feel, feel really secure in this relationship. Right. That's important, but no, I I'm glad we're talking about this because it's like really not so cut and dry and, and yes, people pleasing can exist in, in like good and healthy relationships. I think it's just like, is it overweighted on one, on one end or another, or does it feel like the, the basis of your, your relationship is people pleasing? So it was a people pleasing moment. Uh huh. Just a moment. <laughs> a hot a moment. Second, <laughs> an evening. <laughs> A morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Yes. Okay. So as we've been talking about, like people pleasing can be really hard to stop because, well, A, it's like often rewarded or like there are like these good qualities or like good traits that are associated with people pleasing behaviors, but also like people pleasing can like meet a need or like soothe an uncomfortable feeling. And so um, it makes it really, really hard to stop when it feels like you're getting all of these rewards from doing, like engaging in these types of behaviors. And as we talked about at the top, like we do need to curb our people-pleasing behaviors because it's not actually really good for us or good for our relationships that it like to engage in people-pleasing isn't actually really empowering stance either for any of your relationships either or for yourself. And so like, let's like chill. Okay. Who are you talking to? Just like, you know, <laughs> me just looking myself in the eye right now. <laughs> right into the camera. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're more of a pro than me. So, so, so like, how, how do we, how do we stop this? Or maybe like, I'll say like curb the people pleasing behavior. Yeah. Well, over, I mean, I have some like sub things for like overarching one thing to do. And we've talked about is to set boundaries Mm -hmm. and that can sound really intimidating to somebody that that likes to people please Mm -hmm. and really far off because sound setting boundaries just automatically sounds like, well, I'm shutting up. I'm shutting myself off to people. I, Mm -hmm. I, it means that I'm going to be disconnected to people. It means that like, how am I supposed to get what I need if I don't keep these things up? So, so I want to say setting boundaries lightly, but really just describe what that could mean, especially to somebody who's just starting. And one of those things is if somebody asks you something, asks you to do something for them or with them to not answer right away, Hmm. to give yourself some time to think about whether or not you actually want to commit yourself to this thing. And that time already is, is, is doing yourself some good already. You're not just jumping into yes mode is helping you out. It's helping you to really process whether or not you actually want to be a part of that. And then whether or not you end up saying no or yes, that first time around that you give yourself time, it could go either way, but just giving yourself that time 
is a good first step. I love this so much. And I have literally a whole list of like delayed responses because this is like my my most go-to tool because as as you were saying, like if we can buy ourselves time, then that allows us to be less impulsive and reactive to the ask, right? And more responsive. And when we're more responsive rather than reactive, we're a lot more grounded. Maybe we are thinking with our whole brain and really kind of thinking about our future selves and how this is going to feel if we say yes to this thing. We still might come back around to to a yes, or maybe like the the anxiety or the discomfort like still might win out but having just the practice of taking a moment it's a lot like our mindfulness discussion from a few weeks ago like really just having the practice of stepping away delaying the delaying the gratification of saying the yes avoiding the discomfort will really help build a better muscle around how to tolerate these more uncomfortable situations you're right about it being muscle builder. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can share some of my favorite delayed yeah. responses. One of which is, let me think about it. <laughs> you know, can I let you know later? I'm not sure yet. Let me get back to you. Can you check back in with me? This is my favorite because oftentimes people don't. But I also ask, when do you need to know by? Because that again, I'll, gives me a deadline to kind of figure this out. And even saying, I'm not sure, or I'm not sure yet. I I don't really know. Again, let me get back to you. These are phrases that like have become a lot more comfortable for me to use because they don't feel like a no to me, but they're also not a yes. And it is it shows respect for myself and my time as well as them, as well as theirs. So it feels like in these delayed with these delayed responses, it's a way to kind of like hold both, which for me feels really good. For my inner people pleaser, feels really good. Hmm. I, I like that you have delayed responses as opposed to just delaying and not mm-hmm. like ghosting somebody for a little while. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've definitely done that. I've definitely just waited. Like that's my version of delaying. And that's not always the best because mm-hmm. you're still like avoiding making. Wait, yeah. Waiting. Um, so I do like the let me think about it kind of response because then it lets them know that you got the message and you're not ignoring them and you need some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always have those in my back pocket. And, you know, the, a, a thing, another thing to do, I guess, in order to kind of like maybe learn more about how to stop is like you just refer to it as like building the muscle around tolerating maybe some discomfort and like because again as we talked about a lot of what drives people pleasing is related to anxiety and is related to preoccupation with how other people might view us or what other people think or might be associated with guilt so there's so many feelings caught up in here and so like I really would suggest that like in these moments, if you if you buy yourself the time to to use it to engage in thinking about the discomfort, sitting with discomfort rather than reacting, um, sitting with the discomfort of 
you know, others being potentially unhappy with us or maybe letting other people down or maybe letting other people handle their problems. Like just practice sitting with the discomfort, noticing this d- discomfort and sitting with it. And again, that will build a muscle to tolerate it better so that there isn't that sense of urgency when someone asks something of you. Mm-hmm. I really, really like the one too that you said with, can you come back to me with this? Can you circle back? Mm-hmm. What, what, what can you say yeah, that? Um, can you check back in with me? Yeah. Can you check back in with me? And you said like, because often people don't mm-hmm. and you're right. And that, that immediate reaction to say yes is like, oh my God, they need me. Mm-hmm. This is like crisis. What are they going to do without me? And that can you check back in with me is it allows them to fig- to like exactly what you said, do figure it out for themselves mm-hmm. without you in the equation. And that's really great. This is another really big one for me. And it's something that like, I don't, I don't think I'm like the end all be all when it comes to like helping people, but like, I feel like such this responsibility to do it, especially at work. And, and like, yeah, it is my part of my responsibility as a business owner. Like I'm, I, I do have to help people figure things out. But sometimes people will come to me with a sense of urgency of like, Amy, do you have five minutes? Like, Amy, can I, can what, can we meet today? Like, and this is really hard for me. And so, I've often asked, like, I'm whatever. I'm, I'm in meetings until X. Check back in with me then, and like, let's see how you're feeling, and if you still want to meet. And most often people are like, no, I'm so sorry. That was my own, like, I was just feeling stressed out in the moment and I reached out to you. And so me having them like check back in with me was also helpful for them to slow down and think about their own reactivity as well. And so, hey, you could be helping someone else here too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. My next one with setting boundaries and we've talked about it in a number of ways but learning that it's okay to say no coming to terms with that is really hard and just saying no right off the bat and i think that like your delayed responses are great examples of mulling it over too on on the people pleasing end and that it gives it gives you that time to really think about what does saying no mean here irrational more emotional side says saying no means i'm awful they're like everything's ruined i'm the worst as opposed to saying no means i'm choosing myself Mm -hmm. saying no means i value my time saying no means i really can't saying no means i'm not comfortable saying no means putting yourself first putting yourself prioritizing yourself and it so so it has it has a much bigger meaning these two these two little letters then it has a much bigger meaning but it also doesn't have this it doesn't hold this weight for your relationship with somebody that you think it does I love that. Like really trying to think about what the no actually represents, like what it is actually communicating to the other person and to yourself. I love that so much. And as you're saying too, like it's not all or nothing. Like this no is not relationship ending. And if it is, then then 
that says a lot about the health of your relationship. And ah, that's so good. Love that. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) I just have one more. Do you have any others? Go for it. So the other one I was thinking was think about the balance in your relationships and remember that there should be the mutual effort. So like you had pointed out to me, was that really a people pleasing moment? Was this something where things are off balance? Am I putting in more effort than, than my friend that being able to check in with yourself about if this is a reciprocal relationship or not, because things shouldn't always be you giving and somebody else taking, it needs to be balanced out. Mm-hmm. So just giving, giving yourself that time to, to think about the balance in the relationship. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah, for sure. And, and I guess along with that, like, go again, going back to our adult children episode, I, and I think it with the knowledge and maybe the, maybe the comfort in the discomfort that if you do decide to show up differently in your relationships, that, that, that will inevitably change the dynamic in, in the relationship. Um, and that's okay. Like, that if you are noticing you want to draw a boundary or maybe like rebalance things in a relationship that that will lead to changes but that's what that's what you need and that's okay Um, and so to kind of know that like you're not doing anything wrong because a relationship might look a little bit different than how it is currently yeah absolutely Did we do it? Did we solve people pleasing? We solved it. We re- we we crushed it. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> well, I have I have some some takeaways for myself today for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I'll get rid of all these moments. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like like we said, it's it's ongoing and mm-hmm. it's something that you just might have to keep battling with with yourself. Yeah. Staying aware of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up, we have one more thing that we must do and we have to check in on our Mm self-care and especially that you're, since you're in Miami, I I hope that you are ordering something really awesome off your self-care menu. So tell me, what is it? We, I'm, I'm going to, I'm thinking about our trusting yourself episode when you told me that you are not the first to order. And so I'm going to ask you first, Oh gosh, (laughs) (laughs) what are you going to order from your self-care menu this week? So you're making me practice. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't agree to this. (laughs) Damn it. Okay. I'm going to call these appetizers. It's something that I've been doing this week and I want to continue. It's like, okay. Well, first I have to say that my go-to, like my tendency is not messy by any means or like, (laughs) I'm not gross, but like, I am not the person to wipe down the counters every night or like, like make sure the stove is clean and make sure all my dishes are out of the sink. Like if they are, I'm like, meh, it'll happen in the morning or tomorrow at some point. Like, it's just not like 
a pull that I have, mm-hmm. although the desire that I have is that like everything looks neat and nice. And like, do I want to put in the effort to do that? No, really don't. But <laughs> so sometimes I have like these weeks where I'll do like one room, this one room, this one room, this, and that works for some time. And then it kind of falls away and then whatever. Uh, <laughs> so my appetizer is that this week, what I've been trying to do is one thing every single day. Like this morning, while I was waiting for my breakfast, I, well, I I put away the dishes, but then I also put away the, my winter coats because it's been getting warm. And so I put them away, away, like stuffed in the closet. And that, that would just felt like such a relief because this one coat was on this chair and it was Mm. on this chair for a while because I couldn't hang it up on this other hook because it had too many coats on it, but I didn't want to put it in the, in the closet because what if I was going to use it again? And it's too hard to get to in there. It's an awkward closet. So I was so relieved that there was Mm. no coat on this chair anymore. And this other, actually under a different chair, there was another coat just waiting to be worn or put away somewhere. And I did that. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is I'm doing a little bit every single day to try and just Mm. like tidy things. Mm -hmm. And that's been really nice. So I'm going to call that an appetizer. Yeah. I definitely have coats on the back of chairs at my house too. You're not alone. But I love that you shared an appetizer this week because in a recent self-care check-in, you were like, I I have not really been checking in and I don't even know what appetizers I have or I have been doing and I need to think about that. So you're doing You're so right. You're so right. And I actually did think about that. I forgot to bring that up. I, I did think about that actually on my way home from our recording. And I was doing, I was doing one in the mm-hmm. car. And that one is to my, my choice of whether or not to listen to music. Sometimes it's like, I must listen to this podcast. <laughs> not necessarily this one. <laughs> but <laughs> I must listen to a podcast. I must listen to this playlist. And sometimes it's, I must sit in silence as I drive Mm -hmm. home. And it's, so I think that that appetizer is something that I like actually really love is that I, I I am really intentional about Mm -hmm. how I want my car ride home to be. Am Mm -hmm. I going to call somebody or am I going to sit in silence or listen to these things? Yeah. uh, Or practice. Yeah. That's like French. There are lots of options and Mm -hmm. I just like reel it in. No, that's great. Well, rather than just like getting in the car and like having it be a mindless choice that you are like being really intentional and intuitive almost like really trying to think about what you need. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have appetizers. I just didn't know it. Awesome. I'm glad you checked in with yourself and, and paid attention. Yay. Well, what about you? So as you said, I am in Miami and I got here today, this morning, and there's no food in my fridge. And typically what I do is um, I get here like relatively early with enough time to like go to the grocery store real quick, at least to get things for a couple of days. That didn't happen today. And so by the time we end this recording, it'll be like five o'clock at night. It's been a long day. 
I should go grocery shopping. And like, I, I said to Catherine, um, right before we recorded, like, I'm going to need you to convince me to go grocery shopping. <laughs> and she was like, why not have that be on your self care menu? And, and it really, it really needs to be because I'm going to feel so much better having food in my fridge, not having to stress about like, where am I going to like get lunch and dinner from the next couple of days? Like future me will feel really happy, even though like if current me is like, oh, I don't feel like it. So that is going to, that's a main course on my self-care menu is going to the grocery store. I'm going to buy things that are like kind of easy and simple to prep. I have a list, like it's all like done. I just need to like do it. So that is a main course. And then tomorrow, I never- Wait, wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is so like- forced and you and yes like future amy it's future amy's self-care is there anything that you can almost like cushion it with Mm -hmm. for present amy Mm -hmm. or like yes you go to the grocery store tonight for future amy but you pick up your food on the way so that you don't have to make that tonight yes i was thinking about that because like by the time then i get home it'll be you know, six or whatever, and I'm not going to feel like cooking. So that I've already thought of that too. Yeah. Good, good call in terms of like, I want to do this for like tomorrow and like the weekend, Friday and the weekend. But yeah, for tonight, I'm still going to pick up dinner like that. That feels good. And I also know like the minute I make my way to the grocery store, I'm going to enjoy it's beautiful. Like it's sunny, it's warm. I'll enjoy the walk. It's like really close by my apartment. So it's just like the dread of like doing it. But I know once I do it, I, I love the grocery store. I <laughs> you do? I, I love a good walk. Yeah. I just like, I like perusing the aisles and I'm, I'm here by myself. So like, I don't have anyone like rushing me or like, you know, I just like I'm shopping for myself. So I get to like pick what I want. I don't need to think about anybody else's needs, you know, no people yeah. pleasing here. <laughs> But, please Amy. Yes, please please Amy. But one thing I'm doing as a treat which I never do and I oh my like the anxiety I I feel for like this feels like a confession. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I usually on we're recording on a Wednesday. On Thursdays I usually go back to back from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. But my 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. had to cancel. And rather than filling that with other appointments or work, I made myself an appointment for a manicure pedicure. And I've never done anything like that before. I feel like horrible and guilty. And also like, should this stay a secret? (laughs) That's awesome. But I'm really excited. I haven't had a manicure pedicure in a really long time. And I could, I could really use one and, and literally and figuratively. (laughs) Yeah. Good for you. Way to put up those boundaries. Yeah. I'm better at it here. (laughs) (laughs) Something in the air, something something in the the sun. Yeah. So that's, that's me. I have a, that treat, that self-care treat and main course. Great. Wonderful. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Well, keep checking in with yourselves or on what's on your self-care menu. As you can see with Catherine and I, it changes every week for us. And I imagine it does that and does for you too. But if you have made it this far into our episode, you must 
you must like what you've heard, must have resonated somehow. So share it with a friend. Um, Make sure you're following us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Write us a review to let us know what you've enjoyed and what you want to hear more from. Know that you can also follow along with us on our YouTube channel, Revive Center for Wellness. We have those full episodes of Reactivity TV up there. You can also follow us on Instagram at ReviveCFW or check out our website, ReviveCFW.com. And you can follow Catherine on Instagram at Catherine Van Eyck, me at Amy Albero LCSW, and send us some email, send us some questions to wishingyouwell at ReviveCFW.com. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, we are wishing you well. <music>